Growing a successful business can feel intimidating and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to. Hi, I'm Robin Graham. And as a marketing and lead generation strategist, I am here to help you grow your business with simplicity, ease, and grace. Whether you are just starting out or you've been working to grow your business but haven't made traction, I will help you get the results you want. Using my purpose to results method will uncover your blocks and I'll teach you a step-by-step approach to grow your business in a way that makes sense and allows you to feel confident in following your God-led calling. The core of the purpose to results method is this formula, mindset plus strategy plus action equals results. For mindset, we use my situational mind modeling for clarity, confidence, and connection with purpose and impact. For strategy, we use my simplified sustainable strategy model to achieve a solid foundation for long-term success by using strategies that embody SEO systems and processes and simplify your business. And for action, we use the accountability framework to ensure consistent execution to achieve results. You don't have to be a six-figure entrepreneur to implement strategies, systems, and SEO, and you don't have to fear those things either. I'll help you map out strategies that work, help you create the processes you need and teach you how to use SEO to get found and ranked on Google. When we work together, you won't need to overthink. There will be no backpedaling and you'll get to have an impact and make money faster and have a lifetime of earning potential. You and your business become my priority. How does that sound? Are you ready to feel calm and confident as you grow your business? If you're a result and impact-driven entrepreneur who's tired of doing the same things repeatedly with minimal results, I invite you to schedule a discovery call with me. Go to https colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly bit.ly forward slash discover with Robin to schedule. The link is also in the show notes. The time is now. The people who need you are ready to find you. Welcome to The Robin Graham Show, the go-to podcast for Christian entrepreneurs and business owners who want success without social media. Are you tired of hearing you must be on social media, posting at just the right time, and constantly selling in the DMs to grow a successful business? Are you sick of spending countless hours producing valuable content with little to nothing to show for it? Worse yet, are you fed up with imposter syndrome? that inevitably comes from time spent scrolling on social media, no wonder you procrastinate. But I've got great news. There is a better way to grow your business. Hey friend, I'm Robin Graham, a Christian business coach and marketing strategist specializing in growing a successful business without social media. I'm also the author of You, Me, and Anxiety. The Robin Graham Show is a podcast for faith-based business owners and entrepreneurs who want to follow their God-led calling and uncover joy, purpose, and passion in their life and business while having an impact and making money. Each week, I'll teach on how to grow your business without social media, in addition to various topics and strategies that you can employ to do so. Think how-tos like marketing, SEO, personal branding, PR, email marketing, and sales strategies tech tools, systems, processes, and automation, the behind the scenes stuff you need to simplify, and strategies to recognize and navigate mindset barriers and anxiety. 
I and my guests will give you the best advice to help you create the life and business of your dreams, with a healthy dose of Jesus, of course, so that you can build a solid foundation for your business and create a lifetime of limitless earning potential while fulfilling your purpose and creating a ripple effect of good in the world. If you're tired of overthinking and doing all the things with minimal results, you're in the right place. I'm all about simplicity, ease, and grace while having fun, creating an impact, and making money. Subscribe for new content every week. And be sure to visit therobingraham.com forward slash resources to download free resources to help you grow your business for limitless earning potential. And if you want, email us at the team at therobingraham.com. We open all of our emails and would love to hear from you. Tell us what your struggles are, your challenges, or just say hi. Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Robin Graham show. Boy, am I thrilled that you're here with me today. You know how we break our episodes up into business, faith, and mental health. Well, today's focus is going to be on mental health and I want to encourage you to sit with this episode. Um, I want your mind to be open as we have the discussion, and I want you to sit with it for a little bit after. And as we are talking, Melanie Wilson and I, my very special guest today, I want you to think about who you know, if not yourself, that needs this message because it's going to be so incredibly powerful. And you know, I'm all about creating that ripple effect of good in the world, but we can do that on so many levels. And this is one of those things that somebody out there needs this message and they need it right now today. So I'm going to ask you right up front to share it. All right. So we're going to get started, but I'm going to lead with this. Are you busy being busy? Are you striving to be the Pinterest mom? Do people come to you for everything because they know you will find a way? Does your mind race at night with thoughts you cannot control as soon as your head hits the pillow? How many hours do you spend ruminating on your actions and words to see if you sounded stupid, offended someone, or said something you can't take back? When you look at your, your phone, are you overthinking why they have not responded or why they responded the way they did? I've got you thinking, don't I? Melanie Wilson, welcome to the Robin Graham Show. Thank you, Robin. What a pleasure to be here. I love that you opened with that. And I actually got goosebumps listening to it because I feel like it's consistently relevant. You know, I don't think it's it's something that we ever move beyond that those questions aren't something we ruminate on, regardless of where we are. So it, it gave me goosebumps to to hear you read that. And even though it was my words on my book, it hits me in a different way each time I'm exposed to someone else's voice sharing something from the book or hearing a fresh perspective on how something was interpreted or perceived um, through the book. So I love that you led with that. That's exciting to hear. Yeah, I think it's very powerful. And before we dive into our conversation, I want to give you the opportunity to share with the listeners your journey and how you got to where you are today and became an author of Unsilenced, which is so incredibly powerful. Wow. Thank you. My journey is a long one. It's complex. It's complicated. It's messy. It's all the things. And I think it's, 
it's a compounding effect and it's a culmination of so many wrong things that God used in a way to make them so imperfectly perfect. So, you know, when I look back over my childhood and so much of this is, is captured in the book, I'll try to, you know, kind of give you the cliff notes version. My dad left when we were young, um, but the relationship that my parents had kept him actively involved. So the lines for me were blurred. I didn't know when he was there as part of the family or he was there visiting. So those lines were blurred and that abandonment wound of needing my dad, craving my dad, wanting my dad was so significant. And I never realized the long-term detrimental impact of not addressing that wound. And of course, that was when I was very young. In addition to that, there were several formative circumstances, experiences that took place in my childhood um, in art class and gym class that drove home this message that keeping quiet was the best thing for everyone around me. And it was reinforced. So not being able to speak up about my dad leaving the hurt, what I needed from him, being able to communicate with him made me feel like my voice didn't matter. I didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling, what I needed, and so forth. And then formative experiences like those I mentioned start to reinforce that message. So all of a sudden, there's this space that I've created for the enemy to kind of swoop in and do what he does. He convinced me of these lies that I then believed for years upon years that being quiet was the best thing. Silence is much more beneficial and as my life progressed and additional things happened to me, um, I never found my voice in a way to speak up for the needs that I had. This is what I'm feeling. How do I identify these things and articulate these things? When I was dealing with anxiety, I didn't know how to explain what I was experiencing to doctors. I did the best that I could with it. Their idea was diagnose, prescribe, send away. That coupled with what I was experiencing in my mind and in my soul then morphed into an opioid addiction. Now I have this plethora of prescription medications that when I started to get creative with combinations, all of a sudden the voices in my head weren't quite as loud. All of a sudden the feelings and the emotions, both emotionally and physiologically, weren't so intense. So then I felt like I had this sense of control within me that I never had extrinsically. So it became an addiction. But this need to prove, this need to please, I feel stemmed from losing my dad. And I feel horrible saying that there's this one significant thing that impacted me in such a way. But the truth is, there's this one significant thing that impacted me in such a way that it changed the trajectory of my life. And through this journey, I have battled isolating myself in crowds of people, smiling as though I'm so happy, put together, have all the answers, no suffering in public. It became a great hiding place for me. 
And I just continued to suppress, to avoid, to neglect. And eventually what happened to me is I hit one, but two rock bottoms. One was an intervention, just like you'd see on TV. You know, my family gathered, the strange person kind of talking me through things. I have no idea what's going on. Complete disassociation. My body's physically there. My mind is just, my soul is kind of like circulating above, like, what is this? What is happening? Who is this? I don't understand any of it. And then, of course, the failed suicide attempt. So, what I have learned is that the enemy wants us to stay wounded. He wants to st- us to stay submerged in hurt, in pain, in suffering. And in that space is where resentment and anger and humiliation and embarrassment and frustration really start to build momentum in a way that it consumes you. And not only is that wound spiritual, mental, emotional, but then it starts to impact our physical body. And all of a sudden, we're not able to carry out the calling on our life. We can't walk in our purpose. We can't even fathom the truth that God created us on purpose. And all these beautiful things were meant for us because the enemy is so sneaky. So after that failed suicide attempt, that second rock bottom was when I hit my knees surrendered it all at God's feet and basically said, I got nothing left. God, this is you. You got to move. It's you, nothing else. And that act of obedience, that act of full submission was when I was able to see and hear God in this magnificent way that I had a little glimpse of hope. All of a sudden I had just enough strength to keep going And I kept going, I kept showing up. And through all of that, I am now able to stand before you today where I feel that there is wholeness and healing. I'm using my voice. I am speaking up not only for myself, but for all of the women who have not yet found their voice. And that position is humbling. And I'm very tender with it. I am very proud of it. I'm very protective of it because that's what I needed. And if I can be that for one woman, then I feel like my purpose is fulfilled and I can go to sleep at night feeling a great sense of satisfaction for doing what he's asked me to do. Yeah. I, it's a remarkable journey. I, you know, I, I know the ins and outs because I read your book and listeners, I will put the link to the book in the show notes, you can easily click and and purchase it. And there's, there's so much pain in your story. And I think it's very typical of people who have something really bad, really negative, really challenging, really hurtful when they're young happen, that it carries through the rest of their life, the decisions they make, how they handle circumstances how they mm-hmm. approach situations and it just leads to one thing after another. And most of the time, each one of those things is something really heavy, something really impactful in a negative way. 
And that is exactly what happened with you. And listeners, we're not going to go into that for the sake of time. I'm going <laughs> to encourage you if you're curious to, you know, connect with Melanie, read her book. Um, but I want to emphasize that anxiety is so prevalent. Depression is so prevalent in our society. And whether you've experienced anything as a child that led to anxiety and depression, or whether you're chemically wired for anxiety and depression, or whether your entrepreneurial journey is causing you extreme, even moderate levels of anxiety, the tools that we're going to talk about are going to help you navigate that because it's not something that you just put on the back burner. Your mental health is going to determine the structure of the rest of your life, your relationships, whether you move forward, you don't move forward, your success and the level of success. And when I talk about success, I'm not talking about making a million dollars. I'm talking about navigating life in a positive way mm -hmm. and having an impact on the people that God has called you to have an impact through your purpose that he's given you and the gifts that he's given you. And Melanie, you had, you had a great career. Like you have so many talents and gifts that you have used over the years to help and serve other people, mm -hmm. which is remarkable. And, you know, God is so good. And throughout every journey of every human, if you look back, you can see his hand in things. And I'm guessing that a lot of those gifts and talents and tools that you had from your previous careers led you to be able to come through that, accept his grace and his mm -hmm. love and his authority over your life to then step into some of these um, tools that you're now using to coach other people. And I want to talk mm -hmm. about these tools. And in the book, the first one you talked about was the power in the pause. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a simple tool. And by far, it is the most favorite tool that I teach. The clients love it. They grab a hold of it. It's like a white knuckle grip, like, hey, I can do this tool. And when they start to execute it, they start to take back power and authority in their life. So the power in the pause is three steps. The first step, pause. I don't care where you are, what you're doing, stop. And the nice thing with this tool is there are no tangible things that you need to use this tool. So you can be in the grocery store and suddenly there is a smell that reminds you of something that triggers you and you feel the anxiety and the, the physiological effects of that smell bringing things to the surface. Stop. Pause where you are. Feel your feet on the ground. And the second step is to start breathing, breathing with intention. It's remarkable to me that breath is an indicator that we are living. But how often do you actually pay attention to the breath? And typically it's short, it's labored. Sometimes we're holding our breath and we don't even realize it. But the second step in the power and the pause is to breathe with intention. This is where you're breathing in for a count of four or five you're holding at the top of the breath for a count of four or five. Then you're exhaling for a count of four or five. Just bringing yourself back into the present body. Again, feeling your feet on the ground. This is where I am. Breathing is what I'm doing with intention. And then the third step is to repeat your I am statements. They have to come from a place of love. 
They need to be rooted in truth. And a lot of clients struggle with that right out of the gate and giving them the option to come up with I am statements with no guidance, no structure can be terrifying. So start small. You know, I am here. I am capable. I am strong. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I love the evolution of the I am statements as women come through the program that all of a sudden they are just so deeply rooted and meaty and meaningful that they're incredibly proud of their I am statements where they start out kind of fearful to state these things because they're not even quite sure they believe in them yet. But the power in the pause starts to create this behavior of recognizing what I feel. I get to choose that I'm going to stop the escalation and breathe with intention. I'm going to speak truth over myself because I'm going to bring myself from the irrational kind of floating sensation to being grounded into a rational state of mind where I get to choose what's next. So we're not being reactive anymore, which is that emotional driven starvation mindset that most of us operate from to a nourished, abundant mindset where I'm pausing, I'm processing, and I get to choose what's next. And that tool is so simple, so easy to use. And again, it can be executed anywhere. Three steps. Stop, regardless of where you are, what you're doing, feel your feet on the ground. Breathe with intention, very aware of your breath. And the third thing is repeat the I am statements. And you do it until you feel a shift. Your jaw unclenches, your shoulders drop away from your ears, your breath starts to slow down, your heart rate decreases, maybe your fists unclench, and you just start to feel that actual exhale and know that you're okay. Know that you're okay. Yeah, I love that so much. And then the next one you talked about was flipping the script, which I loved this one. I know in my book, I talk about the five, and we've had episodes about it too, the five C's of navigating anxiety, where I talk about, you know, you catch the thoughts, you challenge them, you change them, you start to have more control over them because you're more confident in them. And the, the power of, and I love in Romans 12 too, how he talks about don't transform to the ways of the world, but use your, you can transform your mind. And when we work to transform our mind, we open up so many new opportunities. And I love that you know, there's, there's so much new age stuff out there and the listeners know I'm so opposed to that, but you know, they talk about, you manifest this, you manifest that the reality is God gave our brains this incredible ability to transform. We can change Mm -hmm. those neural pathways and we can do these exercises to not only calm ourselves, but ultimately change the way our brain thinks. And that's such a gift that he gave us because it means that we're not stuck. We're not stranded in this place of desperation or starving ourselves, or whatever the situation may be. Yeah. Yeah. Those C's are really important and, and it really aligns with the simplicity of flipping the script. What I really encourage here is a validating statement followed by something that is counteractive to it. And what I mean by that is I feel anxious, validate it. And then a counteractive statement is I feel anxious but I'm capable of remaining calm in an anxious state. So that is more of the complex methods of flipping the script. A more simplistic way to use it is I can't read a book yet. 
when you put the word yet, now there's possibility and opportunity. It's not definitive. It's not restrictive. It's not rigid. And I think with flipping the script, we're just teaching ourselves that we can take a thought captive. We can honor it. We can hold space for it. We can experience what we need to experience. But then again, we have this sense of power and control to choose what's next. We can make it obedient to Christ. Yes, I feel anxious. That's okay. God never says you won't be anxious, but he also says that I have the strength for you to draw from. When you feel there is nothing left, look up, child, come to me. So when you learn to hold space and validate on your own and then counteract it with something that is powerful and truthful, all of a sudden you de-escalate what could quickly turn into a panic attack or lashing out or um, spewing words that are painful and hurtful and can't be taken back to saying, okay, yes, I do feel this and that's okay, but I also know this to be true. Mm -hmm. And then you take up the authority that God has already put in you to be able to do that. And it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Okay. So another thing that you suggested for people who, whether you've gone through trauma in the past or not, whether you've had experiences that you've, you know, kept to yourself all these years, or you're just navigating a challenging situation, maybe with your kids, maybe with your business, maybe with your relationships, you suggested safe persons. And I loved this because it doesn't have to be someone that's the closest person to you the way you described it. And I would love for you to elaborate on that because I think we all could use that person. Yeah. I think the the first misconception with safe person is it has to be based on proximity. So, you know, okay. My husband makes sense. He's a safe person. I'm with him all the time. Something's going on, babe. I need your help. Makes sense. But you and I could be a safe person for one another. A safe person is someone that you can go to raw, honest, and vulnerable. You're going to be met with compassion action, and they're not going to enable a behavior. They're not going to support toxic talk or unhealthy thoughts. They're going to say, okay, I realize you're feeling anxious in this moment, and that's okay. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to support you while you feel anxious, but let's start to challenge it. And it's our responsibility to really equip them with the tools. Know what your love language is. Physical touch and quality time are extremely important to me. My safe people know that if they're close to me, give me a hug, put your hand on my shoulder, reach for me. That physical touch just brings me back to my body where I can be like, okay, okay, let's figure this out. So the safe person doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's close to you. And you really need to evaluate, are you looking for a safe person who is going to enable to allow you to stay stuck in the funk? Are they going to just provide additional fuel that makes the thought and the feelings feel even bigger than they are? Um And that's really important because I think oftentimes, you know, misery enjoys company. So, oh my gosh, you know, this friend is awful. She's talking. Yeah, she does. She's awful. You shouldn't be around her. You know, what do you want me to do? And it's like, you get revved up and it's like, wait a minute, that's not healthy. God's saying, slow down, slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. You want a safe person that's going to be able to do those things and then help you to do those things too. Let's slow down. 
And the listening part, okay, let me repeat to you what you're saying. You're telling me, and sometimes when someone repeats what we're saying back to us, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that doesn't actually make any sense. That really is a giant lie. And they can help you navigate that. So don't depend on proximity to just identify safe persons by default. Be creative, be selective, and then take ownership of your responsibility to properly equip them to serve you well when you need to tap into them being your safe person. I love it so much. And then truth statements. Truth statements are huge. There's a new song out called um, Belovedness. Um, The artist escapes me, but we, and I actually just talked about this in a reel or something. We are so quick to take ownership of the lies, the things that we've done, the things that have been done to us. We allow those things to define us. Like there's no hesitation for that, but it's time to own your belovedness. You are chosen. You are worthy. You are forgiven. You are enough. You are a masterpiece. Those truth statements can set you right. When you are off balance, truth brings you back to your center but your truth has to be based on the truth, which is his word. And it drives me insane when people say, oh, do you, you know, um, be you. And it's like, wait a minute, because do you and be you oftentimes means deviating from the hard things. And we take the easy path. We look for instant gratification. We are looking to suffice these selfish needs. But true statements are based on his word, brings us back into alignment. And those are the things that actually define who we are. It's not circumstantial. It cannot be changed based on what we've done or what's been done to us. It's what he says. It is what it is. It will always be, no matter what, come back to it and rely on those things to guide you. Mm, So much power in that. And I think we do often forget to reflect on scripture, to go to scripture for the truths that are so important for every aspect of our lives. And I think, um, you know, it's funny because we talk so much about like purpose and all of this and really it all started with scripture. And I think we often forget that when we're going through the muck of life, that we have a purpose. And I think mm-hmm. what you've done here, and you're such a great example. And I guess I humbly give myself the same credit for writing my book, but the fact that we had these journeys and we can now look back and say, God's hand was in this every step of the yeah. way and say, okay, he never left me. He never abandoned me. But the most important thing to remember is that, yes, scripture was written thousands of years ago, but it is the inerrant word of God. We cannot misconstrue what was written just for self-gratification or for an excuse to make these choices that are not healthy for us. So I love that that is what you refer to when you refer to truth statements. It's like, what is he saying about you? Because for him, you are worthy. For him, you are beloved. For him, you are everything. And yeah. we don't have to listen to the the doubt and the 
deprecation that Satan puts into our mind and our thoughts and that we mm-hmm. see online and think we have to be someone else and do, do all of these things to please other people. Because at the end of the day, our only purpose is to please God and bring him Absolutely. glory and bring people to his kingdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you brought that reference back in about God's hand being in it, because when I go back through old journals and in the muck, I'm like, where are you? I must be the one mistake he made. He's not leaving the 99 for me because I'm not worth it. You know, all those things start to take root. But when I go back and I read my journals, I literally can check things off, like cries that I had, prayers that I had, you know, demands, requests, requests, requests of God where he showed up, you know, and, and right down to, I kept praying that my husband would give his life to Christ. Do you know what the pivotal moment in my husband's life that had him say, yes, I'm giving my life to Christ, my suicide attempt. Would I go back and try to commit suicide again? No, but I can see God's hand in it that he absolutely can take anything and everything and use it for good. Something spectacular came out of that. And I think when we can allow ourselves time to be still and reflect in a way that evaluates things to say, okay, where was God? And when you start to notice those things, the hope, the, the strength, the encouragement, the drive that comes from that is unavoidable. I mean, you have to embrace that truth that he is there. And in the muck, you don't see it. But when you take time to reflect, um, wow, just to see how often he does show up, how often he does come through, how often he does answer prayers. And it's just, it's mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Oh, same. I mean, it's <laughs> it, remarkable. <laughs> like yeah. say. So we've talked about so much, but Melanie, before we go, because you have, you're all about community and, and having a community around you that is going to support you, but also that you can support. And I, I love a sense of community and I think it is so important in our lives just on the daily, but to be surrounded by like-minded people who choose to be focused on Christ and what Christ wants in their life and Mm -hmm. people who are going to hold you up and push you forward. Not like you said, with the example before of the people that, Oh yeah, she's really something. We don't want those people. We want the people that are going to help us stand firm in what we know is right. So church is an example of that, Mm -hmm. but so many people are there's a lot of things going on. I think right now with churches, one, there's a lot of hypocrisy that people have witnessed in churches. And so they think, oh, it's really not that great. It's a bad place, whatever. Or, you know, things have happened in churches, but the most important thing to remember is that they're humans. Humans have done these things, not Christ, the church. And when we go to church and we can reflect and pray and praise, it does fuel us. And I would love for you to talk about that a lot, because I think in our secular society, not only have people left the church because bad things happened, but humans did, but Mm -hmm. people are focused on other things. You know, we live in a hustle society, so we work every single day. We do all these things. Our kids have sports on Sunday mornings. There's always an excuse not to go. We're just too tired. We need to recharge. But 
from your perspective, because I know that has been a huge part of your life and a huge part of your healing. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And what, what can you say to everyone about the importance of being churched? Yeah. Um, I want to first start with, um, I was in counseling and therapy and it was secular and it almost cost me my life. I was active in counseling when I attempted suicide. And it was because there was no firm foundation of biblical truth to help me understand grace, love, mercy, forgiveness. It felt like constant um, punishment and reprimand and all of these things. So that was not a good place for me. And there are counselors and therapists out there in that arena that are thriving and doing incredible work. I don't want to discount that. But I'm saying that to say, when you are searching for community, you have got to evaluate from a place of authentic, genuine truth, who the people are that you need in your circle. And there's a saying out there, I think it's like, um, you are most like the five people you surround yourself with, something along those lines. When you start to evaluate who you are surrounding yourself with, are they able to challenge you and pour into you to keep you moving forward? Or are they keeping you stuck in a place that feels like this inner conflict of spirit versus flesh? And for me, the communities that I had were good people. Again, I don't want to discount that. They were good people. But they demanded and needed so much from me, never saw me, never heard me, never showed up to support and love and replenish me. They weren't a good fit. So as I went through this journey and I felt like, okay, this is what I need, but I couldn't find it. That's how Show Rise was born. I wanted a community of women who were really willing to be raw, authentic, vulnerable, snotty faces, crying, can't catch their breath because they're just so passionate about what they're sharing. And I'm there to wipe their nose, catch their tears, hug them, sit with them, love on them and pour into them because that's the kind of community that God wants us to be in. When you can't do it, you want people who are going to pick you up and carry you to the foot of the cross. And Church is one of those places to find those kinds of people. And you said one of the most significant statements that needs to be reinforced. The church is humans. They are not Christ. We depend on them to be Christ-like, but the reality is we are imperfect humans. We will get it wrong. We will say the wrong things. We will make mistakes. We will mess up. So don't lose the connection with Jesus and the thirst for his word and who he is and what he has for you because a human representing him has hurt you in some way. Find your people, find your church. When it's right, you will feel it in your soul. Your gut will tell you this is it. And if you can't find it, create it it. And you're capable of doing that. So 
church is not about a building. Church is about people who love Jesus and love others and want others to experience the love that Jesus has. That is church. It is in our hearts. It is in our spirits. It's something that we are capable of doing. Don't only depend on a building that says it's a church to find what you need. Challenge it. Go to the word. Are they in alignment with what God says? When I walk in there, do I feel accepted, loved? Am I leaving charged and on fire and replenished? Or am I leaving there doubting and questioning and feeling more confused? You have to be willing to do the work to navigate the process because there is an actual church building with a seat that your butt will fit in so perfectly that you'll want to keep coming back. So keep going. And I talk about it in the book. I think at one point we ended up in a synagogue. Like I was on the hunt and I wasn't going to quit until I found it. So I'm challenging you to keep showing up. Let it be messy. Ask your questions. Challenge the people that are in those hierarchy positions if something doesn't feel right. And they should be able to direct you to the word accordingly and help you find the answers, which ultimately is going to lead you to Jesus. And that's the ultimate mission. That's the ultimate purpose that we all have, bringing people to him. Yeah, 100%. All right, Melanie, what scripture, and I know throughout the book, you had many, so you probably have more than one, but for anyone out there who is in that place of anxiety, depression, and maybe even at the point where they've contemplated suicide, what would you say to them? What scripture has carried you through and guided you and given you strength? The one that is tattooed on my arm is Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. I will not leave you or forsake you. And I have it with an arrow. Um, the reason for that is in a society of hustling, we feel like we always need to be launching forward into something achieving something new, um, serving, doing all these things, like constantly being launched forward. But what I've learned is that God will halt you and he will pull you back and he will hold you in a position because there's wisdom to gain, lessons to be learned before he launches you into what he's prepared for you. And know that in every step of that process, he will not leave you or forsake you. So be intentional about becoming aware of his presence. He is there. Be aware of it. The other one that recently um, was tattooed on my arm with, and the, the flowers is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. My book is a declaration that God is a keeper of promises. All along, where are you, God? What are you doing? Why are you allowing all this to happen? To happen, I am now seeing that he was working it out for his good. He had plans for me to prosper. He was not intending for me to suffer and suffering be the end of that story. So with verses like that, I want women to be able to, and men too, I don't want to discriminate because... Mental illness does not care, male, female, none of it matters. So male or female, there isn't. I want you to find one verse that you can hold on tight to. Make it your screensaver. 
write it in your notes, write it in your journal, have it tattooed on your body if you need to, to constantly remind you of a truth that he is stating to you so that when things feel too dark, too overwhelming, too much, and the enemy is trying to sneak in and say, you're not worthy, he's not coming for you, he's not here, you can say, oh no, Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous, he will not leave or forsake me, he will not. Jeremiah 29, know those things. And those are two that I hold on to. And that's actually part of my program is having women go through and identify scriptures. What does it mean to you? Get it off the pages and bring it to life because that is the ammunition that you need to be equipped with to counteract the lies and the, the sneaky schemes of the enemy because he comes from your thoughts first. And if you don't have what you need to counteract the thoughts with truth, then you can be very vulnerable in a weak sense to an attack that you could certainly avoid. Oh, amen. Oh my gosh. And Jeremiah 29, 11 has a very special place in my heart. So you'll appreciate this. And I know we're going a little over listeners, but I think you'll all like this story. When my father was um, diagnosed with cancer, it was stage four esophageal cancer. It was too late for mm. surgery and it had already spread throughout his body. And there was, he was in Illinois. I was in Philadelphia area. So, you know, we have this whole challenge of that as well. I could not be there as much as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Well, I ordered something from some home store, you know, decorate decorative thing. And in the box came this plaque and it had, and it was big. It was like three feet by, you know, I don't know, nine inches, something like that. And it had Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. Mm. I did not order it. And I called the place and I said, <sighs> uh, this came in this box. And yeah. they said, oh, that's our error, but you can keep it. And to, to this day, that is, that was 19 years ago to this day that is still hanging above the doorway in our kitchen, because I was like, oh my gosh, God does speak to us. And if yeah. we sit and pause and listen, we will hear him. It's taken yeah. me many years to be able to do that and to really listen and to really hear him. But I can tell you, just like uh, we were saying before we hit record, Melanie, is that, you know, this conversation will be what God wants it to be for the person that really needs yeah. to hear it at the right time. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit guides us and every step of our journey carries us through. Thank you, Melanie, for being here, for mm. sharing your story and for really being a light to the rest of the world, the community of people who have mental health challenges. So thank you for that. Where can the listeners connect with you, learn more about you and even maybe join She'll Rise? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram and it's Melanie underscore D underscore Wilson. Um, but if you go to my website, www.shillrise.com, shell, S-H-E-L-L, rise.com, that'll give you links to everything, absolutely everything. And being connected, whether it's in person or virtually, find people that will love on you and just leverage the opportunity, be vulnerable and be willing to invite that in and my hope is that with Instagram and social media that I constantly create that space where people feel safe to show up and just receive the message, you know? So 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Thread, TikTok, all this, all the things. But Instagram is where I love to hang out. That's where I feel most comfortable. And it's where I, I spend a lot of my time. So yeah, you know, it's funny because we talk all about social media on the show, and I'm all about building your business off social media. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that because of all the distractions. And I believe it's truly possible when we have other strategies in place for our marketing. However, I'm going to say social media is an incredible platform for spreading God's word. And I'm seeing more of it and it makes me immensely happy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because our next in-person event coming up in October, um, the topic is social media and mental health. Um, You have to be very, very cautious, very, very aware, and you get to choose what comes across your feed. So step into a position of power and authority, unfollow, block, whatever you need to do, because it could be a great place that is very fulfilling and nourishing and challenges you, or it can be a place that is very detrimental and sends you down a spiral of self-criticism and judgment and all those hurtful things. So use it wisely. Use it wisely. Yeah. Absolutely. Melanie, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, will you please do me a favor and leave a rating and review? Because that is how I continue to get these incredible guests who are really literally changing the world and the landscape of communities around our country and the world today. So if you would do that favor, that would be an incredible honor. And Melanie, I want to say that you have encouraged me to continue to share my story, to continue to help other people. And I hope listeners that you feel the same way and that you will share this episode with that person that you're thinking of that needs it. And if it did help you, I would love to hear from you. And I'm sure Melanie would too, what resonated and what gave you a new thought process around the challenges that you're going through today. And you know where to find me. You can email me at robin at therobingrain.com and contact Melanie on Instagram. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. I love you all and I'll see you all next time. And that's a wrap, friends. A heartfelt thank you for being here. I know there are many other ways that you could spend your time. So I truly appreciate you joining me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and get amazing guests and how more people find the show. A kind review would mean the world to me. Oh, and don't forget to share the episode with someone that it will help. And let's connect. You can find me on Pinterest and LinkedIn as therobingram.com. And be sure and visit the website, therobingram.com forward slash resources for a plethora of resources to help you grow your business for long-term success. Until next time, remember to smile.